Hello, Carolyn, and welcome to the Femprinter podcast. Hi, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to get to know you today. So tell us, where are you joining us from today? We're in the world. Yeah, we are in Austin, Texas. That's where we're headquartered, where we make our products and everything. Right on. So tell us about your business. Where did you come up with the idea for all of the amazing products you create today? Like, what's the story behind it? Yeah, so I, I wish I could claim like being the idea person behind the tech, but it was actually created in Italy um, by one of our co-founders. I'm, I'm a co-founder with two others, and uh, we have a, a you know great um, founder you know in in Italy that had been using this technology that they found out of a university in, um, in Italy, and uh, you know kind of bought the rights to the te technology and and you know the simple way of explaining it is. It's olive oil, which is not surprising with Italy, right? You start with like this very high grade medical grade olive oil and we oxygenate it. And that oxygenation process makes peroxide or natural peroxide. And then it turns that olive oil into an ointment. And so that, which is something we call our substrate, we put in all our different products. So they were using it in an ointment for first aid and, and really prescriptive um, serious wound care like diabetic ulcers and bed sores and things like that through medical channels. So hospitals, doctors were using this tech there. And the idea behind the company was to bring that technology over to the U.S. for the consumer market. And so we started that um, back in 2017, uh, really in first aid to begin with. And then we got into the feminine health space uh, when we learned that it worked for um, feminine yeast infections. And so that was our first FemaClear product. So I'm curious. I mean, obviously, I'm a woman and I've used some of these products because, you know, these things happen. So happen. Yep. between, say, like a like a, you know, a yeast infection cream that all women have heard of and yours, like what's the key difference there? The key difference is ours is natural okay. and ours is more effective, uh, believe it or not. So it's like most people think a drug or, you know, chemical synthetic chemical active and that's just not true um, because of the nature of the way our products are made they only have natural ingredients in them but they are proven to be more effective we've done clinical studies and lab studies and that's really kind of the big differentiator for us is that we have natural ingredients but we also have a lot of testing to prove the effectiveness of our products and so you know when natural is nice for like beauty products and, and, you know, kind of food products and things like that. People want to have the, the natural better for you. But when it comes to an infection or something's wrong, especially down there, you want to know that it works. So even though we have natural ingredients, we want to prove that it works. And that's kind of the main, the main thing we bring are those two sides of the coin that, that consumers really care about. Uh, tell us more about yourself. How did you come into this entrepreneur world of just, you know, marketing and getting the word out there about products and like what what what's your entrepreneur journey look like? It's a long one. <laughs> I've been doing this a while. This is actually my fourth company. So really right out of business school, I started my first company and it was in the DNA space. So I've always been kind of into the kind of science you know, health uh, area and, you know, kind of direct to consumers. So that first company was a paternity testing laboratory. So we, we helped people figure out who the father of a child was by doing, uh, you know, kind of what was then the latest technology in DNA. It's now pretty standard. Um, and so, I, you know, like I've been doing this 
you know, kind of since uh, since my 20s and, and I can't imagine being anything other than an entrepreneur. I probably would be really bad in a big company. Um, but, you know, I, I love the idea of, you know, trying to figure out a new industry or, you know, find my way to introducing something really disruptively in an industry. And so that was my first company. It was a um, a, a next company that geared and then the third company, the consumer. That was one I did not. I was not a founder, but I was an investor in the CEO. Uh, and and uh, to recognize and this again back in twenty seventeen, and, and so from and all does. That's such a critical, and so I love how you that and uh, and with your platform. Yeah, thank you. And so I guess to tie into the marketing side of things, because that is really what I'm always the most curious about when having a conversation with a woman such as yourself. Um, what are some of those big marketing aha moments that you've had in your journey of you know building and growing and marketing these businesses what are some of the things maybe the top three like aha moments or takeaways you you kind of run with long time so we're really do in much different way either way to be honest um back today i feel like today uh, you know, so crowded that you have to uh different you know what was an event back in the and i was um DNA was um you know be shocked Testing to kind of the general public. Paternity testing was that widespread and need. Um, it, you know, not something that was unsurprising to people that you know there was a rate of paternity in the population. They knew their father. You know, if you can, if you can suppress people and their attention with, with something mm -hmm. that, that's always effective in marketing. Um, the, uh, maybe like another yeah, Sorry, so, go ahead. So <laughs> I, I was going to say, one of, one of my favorite uh, books, it's kind of an oldie but a goodie, is one of Seth Godin's uh, The Purple Cow, and that stuck with me a long time, and that is make a product, you know, that's remarkable enough for people to talk about it. So that you you don't have to do as much heavy lifting as the marketer, you've made a product that's so distinctively different that people are going to talk about it anyway. And so, you know, that's I, I've tried to follow that, and I think we've we've been pretty successful at it. And uh, you know, always continuing in, in this company, especially with uh, FemaClear, 
we're continuously innovating and trying to you know listen to our consumers what are they telling us what are they like what do they don't like what, how how can we improve the actual consumer experience and so you know we're, we're coming up with new formulations or new you know um aspects of the consumer experience that that will make it better for them and and, and do what the consumer wants i love that you said a couple of things there how to make a product that's distinctively different and how to make a product that people will talk about so when you were creating, I guess, maybe any one of these businesses or part of creating any one of these businesses, how were you coming up with ways to um, make your product more exciting and interesting for people so they would talk about it? Do you have any tips or tricks around that? Yeah, I mean, again, you want to, you want to solve um, a problem that people recognize as a problem. Like, you know, BV is a great example. Bacterial vaginosis is a condition that we address with, with our products. And it is not a condition that's well addressed by any other product out there, including the prescription. The prescription that's typically used for this only solves about 60 to 70% of cases. Wow. People get them over and over again. So people have recurring BV infections. They're really uncomfortable. People get embarrassed by them. You know, they feel dirty and yucky when they have, I mean, it's, it's no fun. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and there's, there's really not a good over the counter solution. So we were trying to offer something that was both more effective and over the counter. And so in our clinical study, over 90% reported a full elimination of all symptoms in just a couple of days. Um, whereas the prescription takes a full week. And like I said, it, it only cures like 60 to 70% of them. So, so that's, that's one of the ways it's like, look for, you know, places, you know, experiences that aren't being solved well with what's out there. At, le at least for me, that's a better way to go, maybe because I'm not a great marketer, I don't know. Um, because, it, you know, trying to compete in a sea of sameness is not, I, you know, I'd rather have the product be really different than be the brilliant marketer that can just, you know, have the best packaging or the, you know, but it's, it's really the same stuff inside. So that's my angle. I, I admire the people that can do that kind of marketing because, uh, you know, I think it's brilliant and that's definitely a, a good business strategy for a lot of companies. But um, but for me, it's really like try to try to solve that problem that's not being solved. Yeah. And I mean, marketing a product isn't something that I have really any experience with. I've, I, you know, I am the product. My knowledge is the product. I, you know, I help entrepreneurs with their marketing. That's kind of my product, I guess you could say. So this whole world of, you know, almost stumbling upon this wonderful product and sort of like, oh, well, it's really, really good for this. It might even be better for this than everything else we created it for. And then turning it into, you know, finding a name and designing the packaging and setting everything up. Um, and you said that all began in 2017 with Femiclear? Yeah, well, with Femiclear, it was 2019. So okay. uh, yeah, the first, the first product uh, and brand we launched was Curoxin, and we still have that. Okay. And that's a, that's, we have products for first aid uh, and mouth sore treatments um, and things like cold sore and things like that. Um, but Femiclear is really where we're, you know, putting more of our focus um, to build out a brand for vaginal health, female health that can be, you know, um, it, it's sort of the, the answer for all the, all the things that might go wrong down there that nobody yeah. wants to happen, but you want to have a good solution when they do. 
you know, yeast infection, BV, genital herpes, UTIs. These are all things that are very, very common uh, conditions that also happen to recur, or in the case of herpes, it's chronic. Um, yeah. And and so that's that's really what our niche is. Right, and you must have had to really just do a ton of learning and a ton of research and for, for you yourself to understand the problems out there and the ways that they can be solved, you know, and, and, learn, and I guess just learn how to explain it to someone like me who doesn't have the scientific um, knowledge. So it, it has to have been a really steep learning curve for you too. For sure. And, and I mean, I kind of think in some ways not being a medical professional is helpful because sometimes, you know, you can get lost in translation when you're trying to say something in a very, in a medical or technical way. I don't speak that language. I mean, we, we are, we do like to talk about our, you know, our clinicals and our lab testing that we've done, but we try to explain it in a way that, you know, is really simple and, and easy to understand. So what has the last few months or maybe six months looked like for you in the day-to-day, -day, you know, career of Carolyn? What kind of things have you been up to? Like take us behind the scenes into building the business and just the kind of stuff you're up to. Like I suspect you're, you've been on some podcasts and you're spreading the word through other podcasts. What other kind of things have you been doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, most of our promotion has been on the digital side. And so, you know, paid search, paid social, these are staples in our, you know, kind of marketing strategy. Um, you, you know, influencers have been uh, really helpful. We've tried a lot of different things. Um, you know, you do have to you have to test and learn and figure out what doesn't work or what's not worth the money. Um, but uh, but but we found that certain influencers, um, typically more the kind of micro influencers, the people that can talk about your products and they really resonate. Um, can be really valuable. And we were able to grow our TikTok channel to almost 400,000 followers, really with education. And so what we found, uh, we had a great person on staff that helped us create that, that channel. And she was really wonderful and, and kind of, you know, understands kind of the, the way a lot of uh, women think, um, but also is very analytical. And so she would, you know, kind of look at what was resonating. And, and people want education. They want to understand um, you know, even, even stuff that we're, we don't have a product for, we would still bring anything that was in sort of the vaginal health realm, we would talk about it. And so it might be about your period or can, a you know, tell me about, you know, what should or shouldn't happen during sex or, you know, things like this, that, that, you know, maybe a lot of, you know, the, the typical TikTok consumer was really anxious to learn because, you know, a lot of people don't talk about that. And so, our sort of education, what you should have learned in school kind of thing um, has, has really worked well for us. So have you always been like this comfortable and confident with talking about all these <laughs> feminine health things or has this been a learning curve for you too to just kind of speak real naturally and comfortably about all this stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I probably have always been pretty comfortable talking about things, um, but not this level. And, and so I'd love to lean into it. In fact, we made one of our uh, core values at the company lean into the uncomfortable um, because, you know, it, it is so critical that people, um, you know, who work for the company can be comfortable talking about vaginas and talking about, you know, herpes and, and, and all this stuff that needs to get talked about because so many people, not just women, you know, 
with herpes or even with PV, they live in shame. They live with these stigmas. And it's just, it, it, I mean, it's just kind of a travesty. And we've done a fair amount of research on the psyche of women with these conditions. And it's pretty grim and it shouldn't be, right? It's so common. One in five women has genital herpes. And most of them yeah. don't know that. Most of them think probably they're one in a million or something. You know, they, they think it's a really rare thing and it's not. And so, you know, sometimes just knowing you not only you're not alone, you're in lots of company um, is is a thing that just is like a, you know, kind of a warm hug <laughs> of making people feel better about it. And and then if you can just like, you know, kind of learn to manage your outbreaks better or learn to manage your recurring infections in the case of UV or yeast or UTI, if you figure out how to do those so that you can either prevent prevent them from happening or really reduce the, the frequency of the recurrence, it just makes your lifestyle so much better. And, and you don't have to go through those days of, you know, kind of um, suffering through an infection or an outbreak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So one question that I like to ask all of my podcast guests is, what would you tell your 10 year younger self? Um, Gosh, that's a good one. Um, I think it's, you know, use, use your judgment and, and learn from others, which learn, learn from others and have been a member of an entrepreneur group for a long, long time. So, I, I, you know, I think, you know, that's true. I, 10 years ago, I was more enamored of the idea of raising money and and you know having investors and all that kind of stuff and i and i still think that that's an important step in growing a company of scale but the longer you can wait to do that and bootstrap as long as you can do because you want to get to a scale where you know when investment money comes in it doesn't you know consume too much of your time equity and control so, um, so that's probably what I would what I would say is is I think people can get caught up in in the in the idea of financing, getting investors, all that sort of stuff. It, it, it can be very helpful, and it also can be very challenging. Okay, now I'm curious about getting products that are, I guess, considered medical or health products across the borders, right? Like. I'm in Canada. I've heard it's uh, a little trickier to get products approved to be on the shelf in Canada. You know, food products, health products, all of that. Would you agree with that? Totally. Or did you? I, we, we're desperate to get into Canada. We're not there um, because of the, especially for healthcare products, um, the, the Canadian health ministry, I guess, is it has a pretty challenging uh, bar to, to, to get uh, health products approved there. Now, some of our products are actually kind of labeled as cosmetic or supplements. And so we're actually investigating that now to see if those type of products um, are have an easier time getting into Canada. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we definitely want to be north of, of our border and, and in your fine country, which I go to every summer, by the way. My, my mom has a, has a place up there in Quebec and we love it. So, yeah, I, I feel, you know, a kindred spirit toward all Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> okay so okay so how many products are there like under the femiclear name under femiclear i think we're at 17 
18. Okay. So tell us about maybe the top five or 10, like what are they? Like they're not all creams and gels. Some of them are ingestible products, like supplements you were saying. Yep. Yep. So what we've tried to do, so our, our kind of what we've considered our core products are these treatment products. So we, our leading one is for bacterial vaginosis because I think that's the condition that's least well handled by other other products. Um, genital herpes and yeast infection. So those are our kind of our top three products. UTI is more of a brand new suite of products we just launched in the last couple of months. Uh, so our top three are those those. And what we try to do is kind of look at each of those consumers and what else do they need? How can they help prevent these things from happening? So. For, her, for our herpes consumer, we know that lysine is incredibly important in helping prevent outbreaks from happening. So we created a wash, a, a feminine wash with lysine in it. And we also have a, a drink mix supplement with a clinical dose of lysine in it. And so, so that's, you know, what, what we've tried to do is we haven't purposefully gone out and said, oh, let's make a supplement. We're trying to like address the full you know, consumer need and, and the like life cycle. So it's more of a regimen that will help reduce the need for treatments, right? So that's the idea is like lean in on more prevention and maintenance and less need for the treatment. So we've done the same for our yeast infection consumer by having a probiotic, which works for both like helping prevent BV and yeast infections from happening. Uh, and then we also have a soothing watch, wash for itching and things like that. Yeah. And then I was just in Mexico and I'm heading back at the end of the month actually for our Fempreneurs retreat. Ooh. Um, Ooh. But I, you know, the, the drugstores there are always carrying all these things that Canadians can't get their hands <laughs> on. They go there and they buy them. And I never go, I don't take anything. I'm kind of like a bit of, maybe a bit granola that way. Not by choice, just I just don't, I don't take anything. So would I find your products on the shelf in Mexico no, or is that? We are just in the U.S. at this point. And we've okay. just kind of decided to, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunities still in the U.S. And, I, and you know, I have had my foray into international, um, you know, kind of business development, particularly at that first company. Had a, you know, office in Japan and one in uh, Europe and, and 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 one even in Brazil. And, and um, those opportunities can be really great they also take a lot of time. And so um, another thing you might you know, tell your, you know, yourself 10 years ago is make sure you're focused on the most impactful thing that you can, you know, keep your top five priority list as front and center as you can and make sure that everything you're doing there is likely to have the biggest impact. Because we can, we can get, you know, all entrepreneurs can get really distracted by the shiny thing and um, and that's always it's always something new and fun might not be something that's going to deliver a lot or might not have a high chance of success. You know, it's 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 helpful to be really disciplined about, you know, evaluating every new opportunity that comes up and, and deciding, do I really want to invest my time in that? OK, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I, I definitely followed that rule when I started with my YYC, you know, Calgary, Alberta, Fempreneurs community and my marketing school. And, um, but there were, there were periods of a few months at a time when I got a, like, I got a little distracted and felt like I should be going more global yeah. and you know, rebranded ish a little bit a couple of times and ended up coming back to the original YYC Fempreneurs, you know, um, the podcast obviously is my biggest kind of global, um, thing that I have, um, 
but it, it's just, it's one of those things where most of my listeners are probably still in the Calgary area. Um, it's expanding more into the U.S. every month, but it's, um, I think it's great advice, like you said, to, um, to focus on your, you know, your immediate area, and then you can, you know, slowly expand as opportunities present themselves, but not being distracted or, I think you said chasing chasing shiny objects yeah. that will take you away from where you can have the most impact right now. Right, right. I mean, I don't know if digitally, like with podcasts, that it, you know, it, it, it's just as easy to have a conversation with somebody who's in Singapore as you know, or Austin, as it is to have someone in Canada. So it might may not right. apply in the same way as like having to get products to other countries or whatever. But but yeah, it's it's it's. It's just something that because a lot of things can feel very exciting and tempting. Um, and so, you know, just having the, the thought and the discipline to say, hmm, is that, is that going to give me what I want it to give me? Yeah, I think it's people try to cast too wide of a net too soon when they're having some success in their, in their area. And so I think that's good, a good reminder for a lot of thumbprinters to um, like even things like for me, very similar to what you're doing right now, like you're a busy woman and here you are having a conversation with me. And obviously, you know, our podcast episode knows how many hundreds or thousands of women will hear it. But um, uh, where, where was I going with that? I think the point is that the, the the personal touch stuff that's maybe that maybe doesn't seem very scalable when you're first doing it. Like I always tell my thumbprinters who are holding events, whether it's on Zoom or in person, when they see that someone's signed up, whether it's free or paid event, to reach out to that person, add them as a friend on Facebook, yeah. like let them know that you see them and you want to get to know them. And, you know, I'm sure like Tim Ferriss isn't doing that anymore, but there was probably a time when he did things like that. Yeah. Right. And so in the beginning, we do things a little differently that and maybe it's not scalable, but we do those things so that later um, well, we have casted a wider net and our products are in Japan and Canada and everywhere else, we still have that foundation of being known for, you know, humans who care, who reach out, who are reachable. And I think that that's um, something that we all need to remember that we're not just going to automate everything and chat GPT and, you know, AI, we're going to actually be humans yes. making connections having conversations like ours today. totally agree and and you know to kind of put a, an exclamation point on what you just said i mean the one thing i do believe is that you know we're, we're you know you can define your industry i mean you're a podcaster you're in the feminine entrepreneur space that's a specific space and and like for us feminine health you know or, or even like intimate health um, that's a specific space and so getting to know other people in the industry is actually something fairly new, I've been doing it just for a few years, um, that I think is completely worth the time and the investment. And so, you know, and, and so that, like, to your point of having that personal connection, really getting to know other people in the space can be really beneficial. And especially being in the feminine, in a feminine, you know, kind of slanted industry, I think most women are really supportive of each other and, and try to help each other. And so the more that we can keep doing that I think um, and so there's some women's health conferences that I've tried to attend and participate in and and I, I think that's well worth the time even if it doesn't necessarily show up as what is the impact yet it's being in the right you know right rooms with the right people and, and getting to know them and, and being as helpful as you can and you never know when that might come back and, and help you too yes absolutely 
So you said your products are currently being made in Italy or that was where they originally were made? Originally they were made there. We moved all manufacturing here in 2019 and we're making all of our products here by 2020. Wow, yeah. that's I know, no, it's a big deal because we're, we're like we FDA registered drug facility, and so um, and we're kind of subject to the same rules as as a Pfizer or you know something like that. So it's a it's a it's been a big you know kind of uh, infrastructure to develop a quality system mm -hmm. to develop, and you know I'm really proud of of what the team has been able to put together, and, and um, you know and and that's a it's an unusual sort of asset or approach for a company our size to have your own manufacturing, but it, it gives us a lot of, um, you know, advantages that I think other companies don't have when you, when you're making a product and you have to work with a co-manufacturer, it, it, while you don't have to hassle with it, you are, you know, you're a customer of theirs. And so if you're not a big customer of theirs, you may not have the same sort of leverage with them as, you know, as if you can do it yourself. And so, you know, we're able to do it ourselves and that's nice. That's right. How many people does the Femiclear brand or company employ? We just have 25 people. So we're still, okay. we're still a small company. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. So you all know each other's names. Oh, yeah. There's no <laughs> kind of like, yeah, that feeling of being lost in the shuffle. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Well, I wish you all the best of luck in getting on the shelves globally, um, gradually, of course. Um, for all of our lucky listeners who are in the U.S., where do they find your products? How do they get it? Yeah. yeah, we're in Walgreens, Walmart, Amazon, Rite Aid, you know, on, of course, femaclear.com as well. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, m mostly drug and mass. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, congrats on all of your hard work um, and on just, yeah, doing the thing that you feel like you, you know, you were called to do and creating a product that didn't really exist in in its awesome form that you've created <laughs> it into um, with your team. And thanks for taking the time to be here today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our Femprinter listeners about business, about feminine health, anything you have oh, to share? Oh gosh, I mean, I think just talk about it more. You know, just, just uh, don't be afraid or ashamed or embarrassed. Um, you know, the more we talk about things, the better they get. And, uh, and so I think discourse like this and you having a platform like this is so beneficial to all of us. So thank you for what you're doing. And, you know, not just for entrepreneurs, but, you know, for whatever it is that the person's coming on to talk about. It's just, you know, sharing information and, and, and getting the word out. So appreciate the opportunity a lot. Definitely. You're welcome. And thank you so much, Carolyn. All right, let's hop off. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can head over to yycfempreneurs.com. Bye for now.